Welcome to Mountain Mama's Misadventures. Stories of mishap and adventure from women adventurers. Every woman has a story she can share from the zany to the inspirational. Brought to you by Mountain Mamas, a non-profit women's adventure organization. Women empowering women to adventure. My name is Deborah Moore. And my name is Emily Hackett. And we are your Halloween Halloween episodes. <laughs> <laughs> and today we are going to have a Halloween story that Emily is going to share. We're going to have like a couple stories about this is a Bigfoot episode. We'll see if you're a believer or not at the end of the show. So Emily is one of the founders of Mountain Mamas and is my sister and Lives in Lehigh and is super cool. Excellent. So um, we wanted to share a couple stories with you today. The first one is my personal story. It's nothing fancy, but I just have to say like up in, I was on a hike in the winter with my three-year-old on my back and the little kid carrier. We were coming down from a hike called Donut Falls. And I was actually at the end of our hiking group. We'd taken a group of I think children or women, I don't know. There were people and I was at the end of it and um, um, everyone else had gone ahead of us. And as we were hiking down um, almost to the trailhead in the corner of my eye, I saw a black leg move behind a tree. Like it was for real, a huge, long black leg moved. And I was like, what the? And my my first thought is it's got to be like a moose, right? Or Mm -hmm. something like that. Um, I actually, and my, it was my second thought because my husband's a huge Bigfoot fan. So I was like, it could be Moose and or Bigfoot, like right there. <laughs> anyway, so my little um, three-year-old and I, uh, I had snowshoes on. And so we were able to kind of like, of course, my first thought was like, let's go check that out, right? So we go down trail a little <laughs> bit into the trailhead and I, I start looking around and looking around and um, we just can't see anything anywhere. And it's quiet. By now, the ladies are like long past us. And um, I'm getting a little bit more and more creeped out. And Rosie's like, la, la. And I'm like, we're looking for tracks. We're looking for tracks. And it's that thing, like, at the moment, you're like, why? If something were to happen, like, this could be really bad. Why am I out here looking for things? Anyway, so we search and search and search everywhere. And for the life of me, I mean, we did see some moose tracks, but they were kind of oldish, like nothing mm-hmm. that was like fresh. Okay. So I don't know. So that is my, it was a mystery. We have to leave it at that because uh-huh. I, I don't know. All I know is I saw a big, long black, it was a, for sure it was a leg. It wasn't uh-huh. a tree. Like something was alive and it was huge yeah. out there and just, and we've had sightings in the Wasatch Front, so. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's really, really cool. And, anyway. and it's local. That's, that's super fun. <laughs> whatever it is. I know. Or and I'm just hallucinating. Well, awesome. Well, I wanted to share with you guys today. This is, um, um, so like I was saying, my husband's a huge Sasquatch fan. Like, huge. Um, to the point where we are, like, planning family trips to go look for Bigfoot in the mountains. This is so cool because I didn't even know this. <laughs> I didn't know this about We've been about sisters JD. our whole lives. And you, I know. I mean, he is like, a, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. He's a believer. And it's because of this podcast called The Sasquatch Chronicles. Check it out if you like today's episode. Because um, this episode, um, this story I'm going to share with you now is a for reals, for reals Bigfoot sighting. 
um, from a woman named Claire in the, she's from the UK. And, and it's there. How did you come across the story? Oh, so JD listens to this podcast all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, like all the time. And he's had, this guy has almost 1,000 episodes of different people and sometimes mm-hmm. groups of people with all their own separate Bigfoot stories. Like, and mm-hmm. everyone's are different from just a little thing like mine to like something big that we're going to share with you today. So, yeah, he just listens to them all. And I was just like, I want to hear a woman's, because this is not Mama Misadventures. Like, I want to mm-hmm. hear a woman's. Bigfoot experience. So he's like, oh, this is one of my favorite ones. So this is episode 515 on the Sasquatch Chronicles podcast um, from a woman named Claire. So just imagine that I'm saying all this with a British accent. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, then the um, the guest speaker, uh, he says, I know you're not really comfortable about talking about this, but if you would, would you start from the beginning and walk us into what had happened and what you saw? All right, so this is me. I'm going to just speak as Claire in the first person. So she says, so we don't have sea otters in the UK, and I'd gone out to photograph some sea otters in the Monterey, California area on Saturday, and I was staying in a hotel that's just south of Carmel, and the people in Monterey here said it was a really good photography spot, and if you drive south, there's lots of beaches and creeks and coves. So I went there in the afternoon, probably about half past three, quarter to four, Park the car, and up there is a trail that's quite an open trail. It's more like a path that goes down to a beach and probably about half a mile to a mile from the parking area. And at the first beach you come to is very, very stony. And then you can walk across when the tides lower and there's a big beach moving back up north that is very, very sandy. It was great. There was loads of rocks on the far side. So I wandered up there, sat down, I got my camera bag, and I was taking photos and was really just waiting for the sundown. So I was just about to go back, very happy with what I had taken. And we have an expression, when someone's walked over your grave, you really feel like your hair stands on end. Mm. You feel cold. And I looked over to the way I would need to go back. And there were, I thought, first of all, it was a huge cat but it was much more big and bulky than a cat. And then there was more than one of them. They came round the tree where you got the cove. And I've never seen anything like it in my life. A very, very large, very hairy thing moving on all fours. And there were several of these creatures, one behind the other. It obviously wasn't a cat because it was moving in a very strange manner. And the head kept popping up as if it was sniffing. And then it popped up. And it stood up on two feet. There was no other way to describe it. And it was a biped. Must have been seven to eight feet tall. It was followed into this cove by two other five to six foot creatures. Maybe just over six and a half foot. And three much smaller ones. The larger one, which was definitely male, waded into the ocean. The two others, the two larger ones, which were... I would have said females, sat down on the sand with the smaller ones. The smaller ones were digging in the sand. The large creature, the really large one, was ripping out seaweed and throwing it back towards the females. And they were chewing the roots where it had been pulled out of the water and rubbing it onto their chests and around their necks and then draping it over their shoulders. So I just sat there. I'm just watching this. 
And I can't say I was actually thinking anything more than stunned. And probably like the idiot I am, I just thought, well, <laughs> no one's going to believe this. I'll take some photographs of it. <laughs> so I lifted the camera up to take photographs. Part of the lens kit dropped off, hit the rocks, and went bouncing down where I sat. And the large creature turned around. And every one of them snapped around and was staring toward me. At which point, the male that was in the water, basically up to its, I'd say, mid-chest in the water, came striding out of the water. I've never seen anything move like that in my life. And basically, it looked the way it moved, almost as if it was gliding across the beach. One of the larger females came after it, and probably about 30 or so yards away from me, they had an argument, mm -hmm. for want of a better word. They were screaming at each other in gibberish. The male that was in front didn't take his eyes off me, but sort of rotated from the waist. By the way, this is like a common thing that people say. That's how they move. They like turn, but they, they're, anyway, just like oh, she okay. describes. Yeah, because I know nothing about this, really. I know. The head didn't really turn. It rotated from the waist. And it was like, if you see a couple in a shop fighting, it was verbalizing with her. It sounded like a language. And they were chunt chuntering away, back and forth, back and forwards, back and forward. And it was like a couple having a domestic dispute. Then the body turned right back at me, and it just breathed out. It was like no other sound I've ever heard. It was bellowing at me. And effectively, it just threw down and slammed its fists into the sand and then stood up. Basically, the last thing I remember, because I passed out, I'm presuming <laughs> I passed out, I was feeling incredible sick, incredibly sick. This <laughs> um, creature's mouth was wide open, big pink mouth, and that's all I remember. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? And then there was more, and then she continues. Well, what happened next is I came to, this was just probably coming on sunset by now. It was half past five, six o'clock when this happened. So there was still very good light. The next thing that happens is I come to about 20, 30 yards back from where my car is parked. I was dressed in hiking boots and jeans. I had a shirt up, shirt up on underneath and I had a wax cotton jacket that's fairly common in the UK called Barber's. <laughs> and this was a gamekeeper's jacket. So it zips both ways. So you can zip down from the top and then zip up from the bottom. And this was actually almost pulled over my head. And as you can see, I can't understand how I got there. I was black and blue at my left hand side and my face was very badly scratched and bruised. I just don't know how I got there because I can't remember getting there. I hadn't got my camera. I hadn't got my camera bag. I just don't know. I got the keys that were in my breast zip pocket, got back into the car, and drove to the hotel. Now, the hotel where you pull into it, it's right off Highway 1, just before you come into Carmel. And you don't have hotel rooms. They're little cabins built into the side of the valley as it's going up facing the ocean. And they do valet parking. So you have to walk through the main reception area of the hotel to get to the car. Obviously, I was in one hell of a state. And the young man that was doing ballet parking went and got someone. <laughs> they obviously thought I'd been assaulted and wasn't making any much sense. It's so, so British to just be like, and so I decided <laughs> just to go to the hotel. I'll just go to my hotel. <laughs> I don't know what else to do. This is 
So they put me in a side room and called the police. The police came and took my details. First of all, there was one guy. He just wanted me to run through it, everything that had happened, and I did. And he sat there and looked at me. The first thing he was saying, oh, you know, have I been drinking? Was I on drugs? <laughs> Obviously, I was very young to hold the business position I did, and he was quite incredulous until I got the business cards out. Then he was asking what I was doing down there by myself or, you know, found it quite strange. And he was just being, to my mind, incredibly rude and obnoxious by this point. Mm -hmm. So he asked me to go through everything again. And by this time, the other chap joined. And now the first man was in uniform. The second man wasn't. And if he was a police officer, well, I've never seen a police officer like him. He was in jeans and what I'd refer to as a lumberjack shirt with a plaid white t-shirt mm -hmm. underneath. He was in his 40s, very, very wiry, pepper hair, big beard, didn't say anything, just stood at the back of the room and listened to what I had to say. I went through the whole thing again, and the man said, well, what you obviously saw were bears. You are very, very lucky. You know you're very lucky to be alive. Obviously, you know uh, you just had a concussion and you staggered back to the car. And you know the largest animal we have in the UK, natural animals, a red deer. But I know what a bear looks like. <laughs> There's no way on this planet that what I saw were bears. And I was quite adamant about the, at this fact with him. And he read me the riot act and that what I saw had been bears. And I wasn't to say anything to anyone else about bears other than it was bears. And I again turned around and said, absolutely not. And he said, do you not have police in your country? And I said, well, yes, yes, we do. But they don't tell you what to write in statements. And he just looked at me and said, do you understand English? And I said, well, I am English, actually. I understand it very well, thank you. <laughs> and he said, you're not to discuss this with anyone. We've taken your report and you're not to go back there. And that was that. And that was pretty much, that was the end of it. I stayed in the hotel over Sunday and I felt incredibly sick. I canceled my visit to Madison, Wisconsin for work and I was due to fly up there on Monday and I flew home instead on Tuesday. So... Do you think you were dragged back to your car? If I had the truthful answer, it would be, I don't know. Do I think I was? I think I was dumped there because if I had walked and stumbled, I would have had marks on both my knees and my hands, and my hands were pretty much not damaged. It was the back of my hands that were scratched, and it was the side of my face, and I do think I was dragged there. I think I was dragged there and dumped. Okay, and then this is what the host says. Okay, yeah, okay. okay Debbie's going to be the host. Yeah, I think you were too. Your injuries are consistent with being dragged, and especially with your coat being pulled up. You were probably dragged by your coat and dumped there. And I think you're right. I think you would have had, you know, if you had stumbled back to your car, your knees would have been all scratched up. And so I tend to agree with you. I want to ask you, can you describe the creatures that you saw? All right, so here's when she describes them. They were mammals. The younger ones tended to move on all fours, and it's the strangest thing that I've ever seen. They got a movement that you, if you've ever seen lizards move when they put their arms through, like I think she means like crawling, mm -hmm. like how they just kind of um, move their arms. It almost looks like a swimming motion, and then there's no distinct neck. So when the heads came up, it looked really quite bizarre. Black hair, the females had shorter than the male, and the males had a round face. Hair was longer, and it was... I'm not saying like a mane's lion's rough, but you know, like a lion was longer, has longer hair around his face. It had longer hair and sort of a ruff around its neck. The chest was not as hairy, but it was like a very, very large, very fit bodybuilder. 
massive muscles on either side of its head. The arms were slightly longer and very, very long fingered. It looked like thin lips. It had flat teeth like us, but very large canines, black eyes. The eyes must have been about four or five inches apart. The actual facial area was hairless, the chest hairless. And as I said, the females didn't have the same muscle structure. If anything, they seemed a little chubby and they had shorter hair than the male. But other than that, the appearance was similar. It seemed more ape-like than human. And that's pretty much it really. The mouth was incredibly pink, but I resume it was because it was angry and it was angry. That's all I can say. The other thing that I, you know, in hindsight, it's fascinating. They were definitely verbal. <clears throat> they were communicating with each other. They were in conversation with each other, a very angry conversation with each other. But that's all it was. It sounded like a language that you could almost understand, but you couldn't. And after they finished having their domestic argument, the male turned around and as he was at full height, screamed and just smashed his fist into the ground with that scream. And then I was, uh, you know, very much like, bye. <laughs> anyway, that's Claire's account. What do you think? Um, I think it's really, really a cool story. I think that's very interesting. And did the speaker ever ask anything about her impressions about the guy in the plaid shirt and jeans? I find oh, that he, more interesting. He apologized profusely. He's like, welcome to America. I mean, you got to understand this. And, and do check out the episode if you get uh -huh. a chance that's to hear her say it in first person. Um mm -hmm. There's a lot of fear still in her uh -huh. voice. And a lot of these people that do these um, Bigfoot stories, like, don't want to talk about it. Uh -huh. Like, it brings back feelings of, like, horror uh -huh. and terror. And you can hear it in their voices. And, like, she's not getting paid to share this yeah. story. In fact, if anything, she was she later said she was ridiculed at work as being, like, the Bigfoot. And like, yeah. like, she had a hard time getting promotions at work and things like that because she had told them like that's why I'm late I didn't show up to the conference because this happened and then yeah anyway so like the people in all these stories like have nothing really to gain they're just like I had this experience I have no idea what it means mm -hmm. this is how I felt and and that's it you know and yeah. agenda and so yeah you know it was really interesting and then yeah mm -hmm. like to answer your question yeah he was the host was like well welcome to America <laughs> like I'm so sorry like yeah, mm -hmm. we had pretty jerk-off police officers. Well, what are I, they going to say, you know? No, well, I just meant more of, like, the person who was there who was what who she said didn't seem like a police officer. I know. That's the one who I'm like, that's very interesting, you know. Um, I am naturally a very, very skeptical person. But even with that being said, um, I'm still fascinated by figuring out what these things really mean whatever's going on you know like whether like you said whether it is actually Bigfoot or or it's something else um and not not in so much the like people just making up the story but like what's what's going on so I, I'm interested in that aspect mm -hmm. but I think they're I definitely think they're fun and I would never um never discredit someone's story it's the same with like ghosts and things like that like Who's I to say? Like, exactly. Like, who's, who's <laughs> to say? I am like, is it a creature we just don't know about yet? I mean, we don't know as much about the world as we like to pretend we do. <laughs> no, it's true. And we also oftentimes think we're really big and strong and big and bad until nature, like, slaps us in the face. Mm -hmm. You know, you see that all the, all the time. Um, yeah. You know, just different things. And, you know, and definitely there are stories of ancient animals being found. Found. I mean, I remember like back when I was in 
high school when they found the coelacanth, mm-hmm. where it was like, oh, we thought this had been extinct forever, mm-hmm. and you know, and finding other different creatures. So it's definitely like in the deep, deep woods. Who's, Who's to, to say? say? <laughs> I know. I feel like. Like, I feel like, yeah, I agree with you. I feel like there's a lot we just don't know that's out there. So, who, yeah, and mm-hmm. it totally could be a thing out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like if someone's ever defi- ever finds a Sasquatch or a Bigfoot alive, you know, and brings them in, I, I don't want to say, like, a hunter shoots one, but, mm-hmm. like, I would hate for that ever to happen to a creature. Yeah, like, I feel like that's really the only way we're going to know. And so mm-hmm. until then, it's just conjecture and stories. And it's so much fun to like, mm-hmm. because you hear stories all over the world. Like yeah, you've, got the, you've got the winter yetis. You've yetis got this... are really fascinating. Yeah. Really, yeah, yeah. really fascinating where they've got, um, I think it's a yeti scalp that's in one of the... I've seen the yeti scalp in yeah. Nepal. It's yeah, on Nepal. The, the trail to um, Everest Base Camp in the town called Namchi Bazaar in a museum. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, and then there's a magazine that the Yeti wrote in first person, just so you know, if you want to. I think it's called The Yeti. This is a real book. The Yeti Tells. And it's like in broken English, and he like tells his story. (laughs) That's kind of hilarious. I love it. But I don't know. Yeah, it's supposedly it's a Yeti scalp. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, who's to say? Maybe it is, maybe it's not, but. So cool, though. So cool to think about. Mm Because I totally, I'm with you, like on ghosts and spiritual things. Like, I am a hospice nurse. And I can tell you from my experience, for sure, there are things going on in this world that we are not privy to. You know, like, mm-hmm. I feel like there's a different, there's a different realm that's going on in addition to ours. But anyway, yeah. that's my whole, that's, yeah, a, yeah. that's a ghost story. No, no, yeah. No, episode. I, but yeah, I yeah, feel that I feel, for sure. Yeah, and I feel the same. It's kind of like I'm on both sides. Like, I've definitely seen things where it's like, okay, can't quite explain this. There's something. And then I've also seen things where it's like, oh okay, it was infrared sound that was creating this or whatever, you know? Right. There's enough weird, wacky stuff also. I mean, there's enough scientific things out there we still obviously don't understand either. That are also really cool. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) I mean, I feel like we're all out in the woods enough. I think that it is Mm -hmm. interesting to conjecture what's out there in the darkness and... And I think I'm a believer. I love it. It's so (laughs) cool. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing that story. Um, Yeah, it was really, really very interesting. And I learned a lot of things too because I really don't know very much about this. Well, yes, Claire really puts it in very descriptive detail. And it seems to be consistent details across the board. So, yeah, I would have peed my pants. (laughs) Uh, Amongst many other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would not. I would not have reacted with as much, like, composure. (laughs) To hear more fun, inspiring, and sometimes spooky stories, (laughs) don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Check out the website. mtmamas.org. And all that good stuff. And have a very spooky holiday. Spooky.